Hello, Tamina. Welcome to another edition of the Pixel Royal Show, where we discuss the best basketball team on the face of the planet, your Washington Wizards. Hello, this is Adam McGinnis. It is Monday, November 23rd, 2015. It is a chilly, chilly night here in the nation's capital, and I have a good treat for for the listeners today. Uh, Former Washington Post writer, covered the team for many years, also hosted a local a TV show on DC Sports, Mr. Ivan Carter. What is up, bro? Hey, man, what's going on, man? Just, you know, little California, man. It's just nice and warm here. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, tell to- hey, I was in, uh, it was like 80 degrees today, man. It was beautiful. Wow, you, you, you started rubbing it in. I, I think it was like 35 degrees when I woke up this morning in the 30s here. So. Uh, man, I'll tell you what, bro. I, 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 do, I do miss the East Coast, uh, no doubt about it, but I do not miss... I do not miss that. I haven't had to wear pants since moving here. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm headed to Orlando for uh, the the holidays, so I've, I've been talking some shit already uh, to some family members that are trapped in the Midwest. So I'm ready for some warm weather right. myself. It's nice. It's nice, man. But you know, people get mad at people get mad at me. It's not my fault. <laughs> and, and we all make we, we all make choices. <laughs> were, were you in the ocean today, surfing again, or just just? Yeah, this morning got got a couple got a couple shots in this morning up in La Jolla. It was beautiful, you know. Uh, it's every day out here, man. Although it's it's unusually uh, warm, so you know the El Nino effect is taking place. It's, it's not normally this warm this time of year, and it's a definitely uh, affected water water temperatures too out here too. So. But it's nice. I'm not complaining. I guess if there's a, a good part of global warming, we're I guess we're benefiting from it. But it does make you wonder. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I th- I think I, I my sneaky way to get you on is being a, a a University of Iowa graduate and a and a lifelong Packers fan with the Hawkeyes at 11 and 0 and and the the Packers taking on oh. taking out your Vikings and I know you're a Gopher as well. Uh, <laughs> Uh, thoughts, uh, thoughts on those? I, I know you love those teams. Hey, I'll say this. I, Iowa, out of all the rivals, I enjoyed being Wisconsin the most, but Iowa, for whatever reason, I just, you know, I, I will always use the word hate, but I just enjoy seeing the Gophers beat them the most, but that football team is legit. I, I have to respect what they're doing and for what Ferris has been able to do after, you know, you know, a couple of years ago, they had a couple of you know, rough years, but they've stayed the course with him. And man, that's a good football team. They're legitimate, man. I, I, I don't think uh, that's a team you really want to mess with in a playoff type situation either. I think they match up. So I'll pull, I'll pull for the Big Ten when it's all said and done. Do, do I like that? How about that game yesterday? Uh, I saw that on the social media you were wearing multiple Vikings jerseys. That didn't help you out. That hurt. Look, not you know, not. Oh wow, Wiggins just hit a nice bucket. Uh, Wiggins is special, by the way. But yeah, but you know, Mike's not quite ready for prime time. I mean, the Packers. Did you really think the Packers were going to fall in a row? Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? Like, 
going into that game, I had I had trepidation. Uh, and it was a close, one tight game. Asia Peterson fumbles late, and you know that there you go. But I, I didn't think the Packers. I, I think if your money was smart, if you were neutral, you, you were thinking the Packers were going to find a way to win that game yesterday. So and the Vikings have won some real close games this year. You figured they were probably do to catch an L, and they did. So I, I think most fans probably agree. They take seven and three at the start of the year. If you just said they could be seven and three right now. They're taking it, so we'll see what happens as it plays out. I think it might be a wild card team. Yeah, it's weird because the Packers have been struggling, especially on defense, and their defense really came to play yesterday. They put a lot of heat on Teddy, I thought. They got after him, and, and you know, Matt Khalil really struggled with a right tackle. Uh, you know, that, that Mike's offensive line is, um, I, you know, I would say it's pretty average above all over the course of the year. And the wide receivers, yeah, I mean, Diggs is a nice little playmaker, but they don't get a ton of separations. So it's not like Teddy's got guys wide open. I expected what we saw yesterday to be a kind of a tight game. Uh, you know, it was a kind of game where you probably had to, you know, play great special teams, maybe block a punt or something like that. And, and, you know, they missed their chances early in that game to put some points up. The defense played pretty well, but. Yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers, man. You keep giving that guy chances. He's going to burn you. Yeah, and, just, uh, they, they were due. I mean, again, did you really think the Packers were losing four in a row? I, I don't <laughs> think anyone did. So I figured them they were going to win that game yesterday. Yeah, discount double check. But, but once again, the, the listeners of this podcast did not come for us to break down the NFC North. They came down to listen right. to some NBA basketball. Right. So, so let's get into it. Before we get into the Wizards, uh, we're going to save that for the later part of this podcast. Just your own thoughts on the NBA. I know you're a big fan of the NBA. You still follow it uh, pretty well. What have been your top? Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's been it's an amazing time to be an NBA fan. I mean, the young talent that we I'm watching right now. I'm watching Okafor against Dallas right now. I mean, there's two like you know ostensibly bad teams, but every single night, you know, every team. There's so much young talent in this league, and then with the salary cap getting ready to explode. Next year, we're kind of going to uncharted territory. It's going to be very fascinating to see this next, you know, four or five years, like championship windows. You know, can you open up a championship window? Can, you know, can a team like the Wizards, if it's going, obviously, getting Durant, if it's not Durant, can you add that second superstar to go with Wall? Uh, a team like the Timberwolves, obviously, Wiggins and Towns, two, three years from now, you know, that, when they're coming into their own, can they add that third guy? Because it's pretty clear to, to, you know, to compete for a title, you got to have two superstars and then a third, you know, a guy that's another guy that's an all-star. Wiggins just went dunked on somebody just now, by the way. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a really fun time to be a basketball fan. It's a great time if you're telling you know, a player because they're going to get paid, bro. I mean, the, 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 the salary cap is just going to skyrocket. These, these local television deals with uh, you know, like the Comcast Sportsnet of the world has really is going to explode that money. I just hope that there's not labor strife because I could see, uh, you know, the players union really going, going hard in the paint this time because they did, they got a bad deal the last time around, uh, in terms of what the owners were able to get from them. And the agents are going to push that really hard. Star players like LeBron James have the leverage. So it, I'm going to be fascinated to see what happens with that. I hope that we don't have a labor stoppage. Because it's just a great time to be a basketball fan. Yeah. You know, there is some whispers here and there, again, that the owner's going to try to do some leverage, you know, especially after the, the, the players kind of got, you know, 
their asses kicked in the last negotiations. But with these teams going for so much money, the Bucks and the Clippers, and it, it's hard for me with everyone making so much money that they can't figure this out. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Well, that's the thing. I mean, with the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, are selling for five hundred million, and they're building a new arena in Milwaukee. That just tells you. I mean, the Clippers went for what two billion? Yeah. I mean, yes. the Clippers. Dude. <laughs> I mean, so the money is—it's—it's it's ridiculous. Uh, the players kind of caved last time around. Um, I mean, well, they won't admit that, but that's why they went and hired Michelle Roberts. I mean, they got a new union and She is no no joke. She's not Billy Hunter. So, uh, you know, it's going to be fun to see how that plays out. I mean, look, I mean, look, look at the Wizards. Uh, what, the, what their value is now versus what it was when A. Poland built that arena in, in you know, the Verizon Center down there in that part of D.C. several years ago, it, it skyrocketed. And, you know, he, he kind of went in his own pocket to do that, which is kind of unheard of. Now, I mean, you know, you just turn around, what's that franchise? If it was on the, if it was on the market tomorrow, what would that franchise be worth? It, it's unbelievable. So really, really amazing times. I think Mike, I think, um, I think Andy's a good place. The commissioner, though, Silver, I think he has a little softer touch than Stern did. I think he definitely has a, a, a better appeal with the players. So that gives him a chance to kind of, you know, make a, make a good deal and keep the trade rolling. But again, there's so much young talent in that league right now. Uh, it's fun. I mean, every team in every market, you know, their chance to compete. And now it's going to be fun to see what happens as guys switch teams over the next two or three years. And that you see that Spurs dynasty, I mean, eventually, right? It's going to have to wait a little bit. Who's going to step up and be in a position to really, really, really put together a championship window? As long as LeBron's able, and him and Love, they're, they're going to be the, the team in the East, and obviously Kyrie Irving. So who else is going to be able to step up and really have a chance to compete for a title? It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, well, there is to to capsulize this NBA season so far, you have to start with one team and one player, and that is the Golden State Warriors, who have not lost a game. We're currently fifteen and zero, and Mr. Stephen Curry, yep. he has been yep. unbelievable. I mean, the, the the accolades and the superlatives to discuss him sometimes they feel cartoonish, but when you watch him, I've never seen anything like this my whole entire life. Watching basketball, I mean, even watching Bird and Magic and, and MJ in their primes and even Kobe in his primes, I haven't seen a player that can shoot anywhere from the court and just all-around player like this. Well, what is he your thought? He got thoughts? better. He yeah. got better. I mean, they won a championship. He was MVP. And instead of, you know, traveling the world and doing the, you know, doing the club scene or whatever, the guy went to the gym and he got better. I mean, his ball, his ball handling is better. His ability, I think Della Vadova, uh, in the finals, when you saw what he was doing, getting in there, crowded him, physically bumping him, you could tell that he worked on some counter moves to that. And then those little scoop shots he got in the lane. So he extended his range and he's better near the rim. Plus the fact that as all of us, as we age a little bit, he got a little stronger. You know what I mean? I mean, he's finally, He's got a little muscle definition now. He's not quite as skinny as he was a couple of years ago, so he can take that contact. And then, I mean, he's a perfect team. And, I, you know, I look at a guy like Draymond Green, how valuable he is to that team. To have a guy that can defend, you know, four positions, who can rebound the ball, he can advance the ball, with Scotty Pippen style, point forward style, he can shoot a three, he can score in the paint, he's a good passer, he's a willing passer, 
you know, Harrison Barnes. That's a good, awesome basketball team. And I think that it's going to be, I don't think they lose more than 11, 12 games. I think they have a chance to break that Bulls record if they really want to do it. If they stay healthy, they could do it. And then, you know, come playoff time, what a tough matchup. Uh, boy, they are fun to watch. They're must-watch TV. Yeah, this is Curry's current stats. He's averaging 32.7 points a game, 2.6 steals, 5.7 assists, 5-point rebounds. He's shooting 94% from the free-throw line and 44% from three, and he's making five threes per game. Yeah. I mean, that is... I, 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 it is it's ridiculous. It, it's, it's unbelievable. Ridiculous. It's unbelievable. I mean, some of these games are blowouts, so he's not even playing sometimes in the fourth quarter. I mean, he's still averaging 35 minutes a game. And, and it seems like sometimes even the games they've had, the both Clipper, Cooper games come to mind. Even when the teams that compete, the Warriors just have this switch, this even elite switch, where, where yeah. they, they go and say, hey, we're struggling against the team, they're into it, and they, you know, they put it on, and, or even at the beginning of the game where they just put it on a team right away and it's blowout city. It's like both, both. It's like well, both. Here's the thing with them, too. I've, I've watched all their games. There's been, I've counted at least four games where they were really, really nip and tuck mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. And, you know, uh, uh, wisely, Walton is giving Curry that rest there, right? The early in the fourth quarter, he, you know, he sits like the first four or five minutes of the fourth. You better get a lead on them right there. And, and not just like a five point lead, but like you better get it up because he's coming in fresh. With about seven minutes to go, and then it, you know it's game time, and you, you know so they're so they're beatable in a sense. Because I mean, I watched even Minnesota was, was in the fourth quarter with them. Uh, we saw Chicago went right down the wire with them. Several teams. Memphis was tight with them one game, but you to match shots with them, and then in the guts of the game, late in the fourth quarter, they have the know how that they've been there, the confidence, and. They're all good free throw shooters. So if you get to a situation where you foul them, they make the free throws. So it's really going to be tough to beat that team. They're terrific. Their defensive rotations are, are just sensational. Um, you know, we talk about their offense so much, but they don't give you anything. They don't concede any open shots. They close it off. They make you swing the ball around and take a contested shot. And then they rebound the ball, even though they sometimes are playing with an undersized lineup. So what they're doing, you know, to, you, to what you were saying is kind of unprecedented. The team they remind me of the most were those great Kings teams with Mike Bibby and those guys. Weber. Vlade, and, 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 you know, what, 10, 12 years ago, Chris Weber. I would have loved to see that team in this team in a playoff type series because of the skill. Every guy can pass. Every guy can score. They can switch on screens. So defensively, they're able to play multiple guys in multiple positions. Uh, it really is a, a new wave of basketball that they're introducing to the NBA, and it's just fun to watch, man. Yeah, and even when you talk about Draymond, I mean, their best lineup is probably when he plays the five, and they go they go yeah. small. I mean, they don't really do it all the whole game, but that is really probably their best lineup. And then they can go big with Bo- Bogut and uh, Festus Azila has been has played well for them. And then you got you know then there's Iguodala who was balled out in the finals. We haven't even mentioned him, yep. right? And Clay Thompson, yep. you know, is all star level. And yeah, he that, lineup, play- that lineup when they go Thompson, Curry, Iguodala, and, and Draymond Green and Harrison Barnes, that five man unit is, is unbelievable because they can switch every screen defensively. And Green's ability as a bulldog defender against big guys. 
hold his own. Also, his ability to stretch the floor as a three-point shooter, it's, it's remarkable what they're able to do. Um, kind, of, kind of reminds me, like, in a weird way, that those Pistons teams of the 90s, we, you had a Lambeer who could step out with that kind of flat, long-range jump shot he had, made you take your center away from the basket, and then you had Isaiah Thomas and Dumas working on pick-and-rolls and, and, and spreading the floor on you. Having a big man who could do that, but then who can also defend at the other end. They can, you know, any pick and roll situation, he can hedge, get back and protect the rim and rebound. It's such an advantage. Um, you know, I saw that guy in Michigan State. I, you know, I knew he was going to be a, I thought he was going to be a good player. I think it might be just a case of the perfect player in the perfect system. But man, what's his value? I mean, what a, what a trainer. And you know, he's got that, you know, we talk about, he's got that dog in him. You know, he's a competitor. He, he, you know, it doesn't matter if you're making money or you're playing street ball. That guy's coming to compete, and you get a guy like that in your lineup. It's tough to beat that boy. You know, it's, it's also you mentioned Walden. I mean, they're doing it without Steve Kerr right now too. <laughs> you know, like they're doing it out there yeah, without exactly. their head coach, which is exactly. kind of which is kind of bizarre <laughs> that it, they haven't really missed a beat and they're actually better. So the 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 question to you that I propose: uh, Who loses? What happens first? Do the Warriors lose a game or does the Sixers win a game? And right now you were mentioning well, it looks like your T-Wolves are about to pull away here from the Philly. Yeah, they, Wiggins is doing this thing in the fourth quarter. It looks like that the Warriors are going to pull this one out. The, the, the best, I guess, Vegas prop bet is what, what number is higher? Warriors losses <laughs> or Sixers wins? Man, I mean, this Sixers team, boy, ooh, this can be a tough go. I mean, they got, you know, I mean, Oak Forest looks like a nice little player. Grant, one of Harvey's many NBA kids. I mean, how many kids is Harvey Grant having the NBA now? It's ridiculous. Or in, in major college basketball over the years. And I know Harvey well, former Wizards assistant coach. When those guys were all young, they would come around to shoot around with Eddie Jordan and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be a struggle for that team, man. I, they're, they're not going to get many wins. They, uh, maybe nine wins, ten wins. Uh, I don't think the Warriors lose more than – and barring injuries. Um, we'll lose more than 10, 11 games. Yeah, the travel aspect, you got to factor it out. I mean, it, it is a grind. And you're going to have run into some random games at like, you know, Denver or something where you're going to have a bad shooting night. But they play such good defense that they're going to be in a chance to win every game that they play this year. So, uh, yeah, Philly's bad. Philosophically, I understand what Hinky was trying to do. It made sense to me. And I'm, I don't know what your opinion on that is. I agree with the philosophy of if you're going to be bad, be horrible. The worst thing you can be in the NBA is a team that makes the playoffs and loses in the first round every year. Because you're not drafting high and you're spending enough money on your salary cap that you can't get great. So I saw what they were trying to do. And in a weird way, Minnesota kind of fell backwards into what they've gotten with Towns and Wiggins, all because they didn't have the world with all under Khan, worst general manager of all time, when they didn't take Steph Curry. And they, they had love. They got lucky with that trade. And they got lucky to be bad enough in a year where the reward was Towns, as opposed to a year, say, when Anthony Bennett was the number one overall pick. Or you know, Kwame Brown, as Wizards fans know well. <laughs> it's, building a team, building a team is, it's easier said than done. And, you know, we talk about the Wizards. They're sort of in that conundrum right now. That is a 45 win team that's going to for sure make the playoffs and probably win a first-round matchup. But I think everyone in their heart of hearts knows that the P's not going to the NBA Finals. 
right? So you, you, you're good. You got great. You're kind of like where the Bullets were in the mid-80s when they made the playoffs, what, five years in a row and never won around. You're, you're kind of stuck. Or maybe the Atlanta, Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Hawks of this era would be another good example. Maybe the Joe Johnson Atlanta Hawks. Exactly, making the playoffs every year, but not yeah, really. Not really. Are they going to win a championship? Not really. But here, look uh, at look at the Warriors uh, schedule. Nah. Look at the Warriors schedule now. They they play the Lakers at home tomorrow, at Phoenix on Friday, Sacramento at home on Saturday, at Utah on Monday, and then and then Wednesday they play at Charlotte, and then at Toronto, at Brooklyn, at Indiana, at Boston, at Milwaukee. So maybe in that road at, trip. At Toronto. At Toronto's the one. Toronto had them on the, I don't know if you saw the game the other night at Golden State. Toronto had them by the tail. Kyle Lowry uh, took a very questionable shot late in that game. They had a couple iffy foul calls. That's the game. And, you know, you know that environment up in Toronto. That's a tough place to play. They get crazy. I mean, those people are three or four beers in. Tip off. Uh, <laughs> it's a fun environment. And that's the game I can see them dropping because physically they can they can they match up fairly well with them. You know, you have DeRozan and you got Lowry and Demar Carroll who can who can play multiple positions. They're sort of a Golden State East in a sense in terms of their ability to play guys at multiple positions to match up. They can switch screens on everything. That's the one where I could see them potentially taking the hell. Every other one you just listed off, I see wins across the board, baby. Yeah. Uh... The Sixers, they have coming up at Boston, at Houston, at Memphis, Lakers at home, at Knicks, Denver at home, Spurs at home. Maybe the Lakers on December 1st? Is that the victory for them? Yeah, that, <laughs> that could be the win. Uh, you know, I mean, like, you know, they're going to scrap. They're going to beat a lot of these games. And the thing, you know, the fact about the NBA, bro, is, is we get into this time now. We're about what, you know, you're starting to get 15, 20 games in. The travel factor starts yeah. to take us whole. You see some injuries popping up. Back to back. And that's why right? you see some, you're going to see some random outcomes. That's what makes it, it tough for Vegas in terms of uh, sports gambling, particularly with the, with the back to back sets as they start to kick in. So that's what you look for. You look for those kind of games. You'll see some random scores. I mean, you're going to see, the, you know, San Antonio is going to lose a game like the other night. They lost a game to Utah, right? There's going to be a couple of just scores and you just go, whoa, wait, what? What happened? And, and that's going to happen. And, um, you know, the Wizards had a couple of those early in the season. You know, they lost the Knicks. You know, just a couple couple random kind of outcome games where over the course of the 82-game schedule, you're going to see those pop up. The, the key is winning the, the games at home that you should win against the quote-unquote bad teams. The inferior you need those games because those road games, the back-to-backs, you know, the West Coast trip when those teams come out here, the East Coast trip when these West Coast teams go out there, the body clock. Yeah, I mean, some of those games are tipping off on a Sunday at 1, 1 p.m. back east. That's 10 a.m. our time. And that throws you off a little bit. So you're going to see some funny stuff happen. That's where you're going to see some slip-ups happen. What did you think of uh, the Kevin McHale firing from Houston? Did I say that again, buddy? The, the Rockets firing Kevin McHale. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I thought that they got lucky to win that playoff series last year, frankly. I mean, you have the Clippers pull the Clipper. And, and let them off the hook. And you saw Josh Smith hit a bunch of threes. I thought McHale was sort of on thin ice even then with that general manager. And the other thing is, if you're still a player, is he going to play defense? What are you going to do? I mean, he makes more than you. Uh, I think, you know, when you talk about, talk about international soccer a lot, you know, sort of Alex Ferguson always had in his contract 
that he would make 10 cents more than any Manchester United player, be a Wayne Rooney or a Rio Ferdinand. Why? So that he had the stick. He had to have any stick. You get a guy like James Harden just signed a $200 million contract with Adidas. Why do I need to play defense? You know what? I mean, why? And, and you saw some of his effort. It was deplorable. I mean, he wouldn't even give him the YMCA noon ball effort. And so Mikhail was a done guy. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame player, a good man. Everyone likes and respects Mikhail. But at some point, if those guys aren't going to try hard, then you got to try to get someone in there who's going to make them. I think J.B. Bickerstaff has a chance to be a pretty good NBA coach. He comes from a great background, obviously. His father, Bernie, was, you know, with, with those bullets. With bullets, the last yes. championship. Uh, he played college ball at the University of Minnesota, J.B. did. And I think he has a, a really respect to the players. The thing is, though, can you make Harden play defense? That's the question. If he does and he commits to that, they have a chance to be pretty good, and they have a chance to compete for a title. But if they get a lollygag and then take 35 shots a game, that that thing's gonna peter on the second round. Well, I thought it was bizarre is that you have Dwight Howard who plays who's played half the games. You have you're trying to incorporate Ty Lawson into the system, which he's always been a ball, yeah. ball dominant guard. And then they were uh, I think Terrence Jones had missed a lot of games. Then uh, their backup center Montechulis, I think how you pronounce that, who was pretty rota- yeah. good rotation player, especially when Dwight was out last year. He I think has been out pretty much the whole season. So it seemed like they should that they were kind of destined to struggle and to, to pull the plug on this already seems kind of premature, especially when they were just in the conference semifinals. Exactly. I mean, look, it was early in the season, but I, I, without me, I'm not in that building. I don't know. I just guess. Yeah, Harden. I had a sense that something wasn't quite right. Something's not right. And I got to think Harden signed off on that. Correct, right? right? I mean, you know, if, if, if there's no way you're part of that culture without the star's approval. So, I don't know if it was just that kind of passive aggressive, hey, yeah, do what you gotta do type thing. You know, Mikhail's probably a honor. But you know, but, but he's that kind of personality where he, he can read the tea leaves a little bit. And he probably saw where that was going. And he's probably like, you know what? Let me just go ahead. He's all, that guy's always gonna have a job. Yeah, if, if nothing else, the Celtics will hire him. You know, Danny Angel all of that take care of their own. Uh, you know, he could always come back to the Timberwolves in some some regard. He was so held high, held self, you know, highest team there. I, I just think, you know, probably they made that decision based off what they were observing. But again, if your star player is not going to dig in and compete, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, yeah. you have it's, no chance. It seemed like Harden was out. No chance. It seemed like Harden was out of shape. Too, and then he's, he's, he, 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 always shoot, looks, he always looks pudgy. Yeah, and then it, that his uh, that his shooting was really poor too. He was shooting, you know, and especially someone who was uh, you know ball well, the guy, dominant. The guy, was, the guy was at every party in L.A. Yeah, in the with Kardashians, right? With Steph Curry did. Yeah, Jim got better. Harden didn't do that. Harden was out. You know, hey, God bless, man. Look, live your life, dude. You you, you dated a Kardashian. Congratulations. You know, welcome to the list. <laughs> not an original. But he got he got he got a little fat and happy. I mean, he did. There's just no other way around it. Whereas a guy like Curry, who won a ring, went and got better. That's why I would rather have a guy like Curry on my team personally than a guy like Harden, because Harden got into that stardom and decided, hey, I'm I'm the guy. And yeah, of course he's a little stuff slow. He, he's kind of pudgy to begin with. You know, he's kind of a lumpy looking guy. And so you know, he's a couple of Big Macs away from being out of shape to begin with. So. 
you know, he didn't, he didn't really take care of himself this offseason. That's pretty obvious. And that shows up again on the defensive end. And you and I both know now, this day and age with the scouting as good as it is, you get exposed. If you're a step slow on a rotation, if you, if, if you're vulnerable to a, a dribble drive, if you're a step late popping out, they're going to punish you in that league now. Whereas you could kind of hide several years ago, the scouting wasn't quite as advanced. Nowadays, man, if you have any flaws defensively, they expose you. And he got, he's gotten exposed a little bit, and uh, we'll see how he responds. Yeah, and especially if he's going to be that bad on defense, he better make more than 27% from threes. <laughs> you know? Yep. Like, like, yep. Especially when it's the ball in his hands. You mentioned earlier you've, you've dropped, uh, you know, being a Minnesota native, uh, and you were watching the game, you were giving updates of Wiggins. I want to – your thoughts on Wiggins, because to me that's another big story here in the NBA is the Wiggins development once again and then Towns and how – I mean, there's been a bunch of NBA pundits who, who have said, like, two young kids. When I was, the knock on him at Kansas was that, a little bit like Jeff Green, was that he kind of floats through games, right? Everybody remember Jeff Green at Georgetown, and even in the pros, I'm waiting for him to do a little more. But he's so athletic, so talented. And at Kansas, he kind of floated. Like, you go through a whole stretch of the games, like, what, what are you doing? And last year's a rookie, the same thing. This year... We're seeing that dog. In the fourth quarter, he's demanding the ball. He's clearing guys out. He's taking people off the dribble. The jump shot is approved. Uh, that, he's got that spin move down pat, and he'll dunk on you out of it. He's looking to dunk on people. His free throw percentage is, is, is improving. I think right now, without looking at the stats, I think it's right around 80%. He's getting to the line. And the guy is a tough matchup. I mean, you know, and they also they kind of moved him back to his natural two spot, whereas last year he was playing a lot of the three. He's not quite filled into his body yet. When that guy's about 23, it's going to be fun to watch that matchup where maybe you put Levine at the two, Rubio at the one, and have Wiggins play the three, but then other times he can play the two. If the twos aren't big enough to guard him, and the threes aren't quick enough to guard him. He's, he's going to be an all-star for a long, long time. He's got a great temperament, a great attitude. Uh, again, can, now can he add the three-point range? Cause we know what that league is now. If he can, if he can do that, and I'm saying he doesn't have to be Steph Curry, but if he can make it enough that you can't go under screens on him and you have to run out at him, ooh, buddy, look out. I mean, he's going to be a monster with, uh, him and Towns. The question for them is going to be now when that salary cap explodes next year, and, and those guys kind of come into their prime, say, two years from now, and they're all-stars. Can they add that third guy? Is that third guy going to be Zach Levine? We'll see as he develops. Or can they go, and can Minnesota's not necessarily a free agency destination, though, but can you go get that other one other piece that's going to make you now a championship contender, open up a championship win? So they're going to have a chance, though, because those two, boy, oh, boy, they're not even drinking age, man. I mean, <laughs> it's unbelievable. So, good, good times in Minnesota. The question for them, as always, is going to be, you know, who, can you go get that third guy? When, when the combat era, they never were able to do it. You know, the one year they were really, really close was, was uh, Cassell and Sprewell. And then, it, it, but that window closed. Cassell got injured. They lost that playoff series to Lakers. And Garnett never got to the finals. So, it, it's really hard to win an NBA championship. But, but boy, the boy, the, the future looks bright up in Minneapolis. And I'll tell you what, it's looking good in Milwaukee too. I like what they got going on as well. What, what, uh, what, did you, what have you seen in town so far? Being a, being a T Wolves fan and, and his development so far this league, this year. Is about, about town? Yeah, yeah. What have you seen out of him this year? Just, I mean, the, the basketball IQ. I, I, I knew he was good. I didn't know that he's, you know, 
thinks the game is what he does. He's a terrific passer. He's a great body control. He's a great shot blocker, but he's not like a mess. You know, some shot blockers, they try to block everything and get themselves out of position and they get dumb fouls. He doesn't really do that. He plays great positional defense. He seems to understand the concept of what the other team's trying to do. Oh, he's terrific in the pick and roll game. His, his, his shooting range is better than I ever imagined it was. So, I, you know, I'm ecstatic. I, you know, I, I think he's going to be real king of the year. And the guy's probably going to be an all-star, if not this year. And he might be in the hunt for that, but he, probably next year he's, he's starting in the all-star game. Uh, ecstatic. You just don't, you don't get really big, you know, a lot of big men like that who are, who move their feet that well, who have the shooting range he has and the ability to pass the basketball. He's terrific. So it really does open up a lot of possibilities. So you're out in California. We've mentioned the worst team in the NBA. The second worst team in the NBA, I believe, resides in California. And there's the Los Angeles Lakers. What yeah, a, it's a, it's a mess. It's a dumpster fire. Yeah. What, what is what is up with them? What future do they have? And just you know, well, drafting Russell deal. and then the Kobe situation. Clarkson is going to be a good league guard in this league. I don't know if he's an all-star. He's, he's darn good enough to win the win. I think Randall's an intriguing talent, and we'll see about Russell. I feel you know he reminds me of Steve Francis, right? He's a little hot. He's a little hot and cold. He'll make a spectacular play. And then the next time down the court, yeah, you don't know, you wonder what he's doing. I wonder about his basketball IQ. But LA, okay, so when salary cap explodes, the destination, dudes want to pull up in LA. <laughs> they want to be a Laker. It's, it, they want to wear that uniform. So they're going to be fine in that regard. I mean, they're going to be a place where guys want to go. The question I, is if Jimmy Buss knows what he's doing well enough to, to build a roster to build a team. You know when they had Jerry West running the show, he knew what he was doing. Uh, you knew when he had Phil Jackson involved, he knew what he was doing. I question the management and, you know, and, and whether really they know long term how to put that thing together. But make no mistake about it. Guys are going to take the Lakers money and we're going to go play it there. So you'll see a DeMarcus Cousins or, you know, you'll see a big time free agent go there. Maybe it's Kevin Love in a couple of years when he's back up or, Whatever. One of those guys are going to want to go be a Laker and take the Laker money. Can they put the other guys around them? Is it, are you saddened by see what you see out of Kobe? Say that again? Kobe. Kobe Bryant. Uh, it, it, you know what? I'm not. It, here's the deal, man. I, I believe that you should go out how you want to go out. I, I personally kind of forgotten about Michael Jordan in the Wizards uniform. Okay, because it was hard for me to watch as a fan, even though he played some good basketball. Yeah, he's a lot better than Kobe is right now, though. <laughs> he had the right to go out the way he wanted to go out. Kobe is playing up a string. Uh, it, is, it is difficult to watch at times. I mean, he, he hit that fatal shot. And he still thinks he's the old Kobe. But, bro, I mean, I'm 40 years old. I'd say pick up basketball three times a week. And, <laughs> and when you're playing these 20-somethings, man, <laughs> there's moves that you used to make. I just can't make anymore, buddy. <laughs> right? You know, I, I'm out there pump taking five times, get a shot off sometimes. <laughs> um, you know, I, I need a dude, I need a dude Mathiah the other day on purpose just because he was beating me off the dribble. I just, my ego couldn't handle it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's so much. A lot of fouling, a lot of fouling going on. That's Kobe. That's Kobe. 
<laughs> that was, oh, yeah, I need him right in the thigh, bro. He can pick me up a dribble. I fix that real quick. Just, you know, I was like, my bad, my bad, my bad. I, I'm bad, dude. I did it on purpose. Totally. That's Kobe right now. That's Kobe. You know, you trying to get the old man piled in. It's frustrating when you can't do what you used to do. Uh, but hey, he's, he's, he's going out the way he wants to go out. You know what? I, I, I said go for it, Kobe. Take all the shots you want. You earned it. That team's not winning anyway. <laughs> yeah. that, that's true. Two more questions about the. Would you rather watch Nick Young take fifteen shots tonight? <laughs> Swaggy P? No, no, not at all. That guy, I love Nick Young. God bless him. The most clueless human being on the planet. Yeah. I mean, nice kid. Nice. It, it, it's what career, like what career point eight assists a game? Is that what he is? Like zero. I think it's zero point eight. You accidentally could get an assist in the NBA game by dribbling the ball off your foot, and it goes into a teammate who wants a game. Uh, my favorite, my favorite, my favorite stat was there's some stat that how many minutes, 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 Kobe, neither of them had passed to each other or something. Like, there have been like no assists. And then, and then, and then, and then you add Lee Williams in the mix. There's also a guy who likes to put it up and is not known for getting the ball up. Oh. How did they think that was going to work? And then Hibbert. It's a weird. I don't know what they were thinking. And then you go, you go add Meta World Peace, which is the weirdest signing ever. And then Hibbert, um, Hibbert hasn't I, I worked out I either. I have no idea what the, what the plan is. I know they were, you know, they thought they were going to get LaMarcus Aldridge. It was probably a blessing in disguise that that didn't happen because we're going to eat up so much of their cap space. Honestly, I think they need to hit bottom and then build around Clarkson and, and Randall and see what you have with Russell, obviously. I, I'm, I'm convinced Clarkson is an NBA starting point guard. I don't know if I'm quite saying all-star, but he's really, really good. I put him in a really good category. He's got length. He's got bounce. He's got range. He, he's great in the pick and roll game. He's a good defender because he's got the long arms. I'm pretty sure that he's going to be a guy that, that you could build a, you know, you could build a winning team around. But obviously, man, they got to do some serious recruitment, uh, in free agency. Randall's interesting. You know, he's really, really left handed. You might as well chop his right hand off. <laughs> I always remember, uh, State Scheme years ago. The most left-handed human being in the history of the world. I mean, the guy was always going left. That's where Randall is right now. We'll see if he can have the counter moves. But he's got a little, he's got a little bounce to his game. He's got good energy. I think he has a chance to be a good player. So this once again is a Wizards podcast. So let's get into this team. They currently sit at six and four. They have won three games in a row after losing three games in a row. Uh, they've also had a thrilling victory of a Beal home uh, game-winning shot against the Spurs, a buzzer beater. They just coming off a victory in Detroit, a good road win on Saturday night. What have you seen out of Washington? You said you've watched a lot of NBA this year, and just your overall thoughts and uh, like your perspective on the team so far. Yeah, you know, coming in, I, I take them. I think the Vegas over under, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. On wins was like 47, and that felt right to me. Like I, I think I pegged them for like 45, 46 wins, and like anywhere from a three to a six seed in the East, depending on the Atlanta Hawks. I think they were my wild card. I didn't know quite what to make of, of the Hawks losing to Mark Carroll. And, and obviously he's a big, you know, you know, bonus for Toronto. I think Toronto is going to wind up being the, the two seed, in my, my opinion, in the East. I think they're going to be one of the better teams uh, there. The Wizards, I think they are exactly what we thought they were. I think they're going to be better than obviously a 500 team. We'll see them get, they'll get hot. Wall is, is just getting, you know, he's maturing, he's filling to his body, he's, he's hell on the wheels on the fast break. Um, I'd like to see him get better just in the catch and shoot situations where he can just, you know, bang down a wide open three. 
that may not be in the cards. It just might not be what he is. But he's terrific point guard. We know what you have in Beal. The guy's a heck of a player. And I think Randy Whitman, to his credit, made some adjustments late last season. He kind of figured some things out, going a little more up tempo, you know, going, going, mixing up his lineups and matching, matching up a little bit better, embracing the three point shot, which, you know, he was Mr. You know, Johnny Old School there for a while. And everyone's kind of coming around to that, getting that corner three. Dudley's going to help him in that regard. That guy can just bang that shot down all night long. I think Humphrey's had a little range in the off season. Is gonna is gonna wind up helping them maybe in a playoff series come next spring. Seeing how depending on how they match up, I thought Humphreys probably could have played it a little bit more in the Atlanta series last year. I agree. But um, they're, they're, they're gonna be they're gonna be right there. I mean, to me, they're like a three or four seed in the East. Um, depending on how those games go against Toronto and Atlanta and in Charlotte and those kind of teams and Miami, they're right they're right that mix. And barring injury, obviously, you got to keep well healthy. Uh, but they're still missing that dynamic extra component. They don't have that guy you can just dump the ball into in the post, go get it a bucket or a foul. And they don't have a guy outside the wall that the other team goes. And I even so that respect to people. I really, really like Bradley Bill. Don't get me wrong. But it's not like you can see the lineup and go, oh my God, we got to worry about this guy tonight. You know, they, they don't have that second guy. But they're going to be competitive because the East, frankly, you know, outside is just kind of what we've seen over the years. It's, they're the kind of team that they can win at home and steal some games here and there on the road. And if they're competitive against the West, they're going to be right there with 45, 46 wins and then maybe having a home playoff series. So you don't, you don't see Beal as a second scorer to, to Wall? Or you think that they should need a big guy? Like somewhat, not so much well, like a perimeter player? You know, it's, so, it's so tough to say because in the modern NBA, say, go get a big guy. You but, know, they, but then you want the big guy to shoot threes, right? Just having a guy, you know, moves him alone. You know, those days are over. But, it would be nice to have a guy who can draw fouls and get to the free throw line and, and draw the double team, make the defense swing, and, and then open up shooters. And, you know, even like, like I said, I told you, like a Lamarcus Aldridge Alter, type, likely guy just doesn't make very many of them. I think Minnesota has ones in town. That's what makes my, me happy about their future. Okafor in Philly, he, he can draw a double team. And there's no reason this post player that, they just dump the ball to, and you go, okay, we got we got to double team this guy. So they have to play around that, and I think they do a pretty good job of doing it. I think with any Whitman's created a system where they swing that ball, give him in heavy pick and roll situations, let the ball pick pick his spots, and you know he beat bangs that ball in the corner so well. I mean, it's, I would love to play with Wall. He probably averaged like ten points a game with that guy. If he just floats to the open spot, he can find you and you know the shot. But play off basketball side, you know who commands the double team. On the Wizards. Beal a little bit, maybe. John Wall, off the, you doubled off the pick and roll, but you're, you're not respecting him as a three-point shooter. So I, I think that's the fatal flaw. I don't think they have another guy, and now that he took Paul Pierce away, who's just, you know, a big-time shot maker, I don't know who you look at and go, oh, man, that guy really scares me. Mm-hmm. The, the big narrative right now in the, the Washington has been, you, I'm glad that you gave uh, Whitman some credit because some, sometimes a lot of fans here in Wizards World don't like to, to, to do that. And for, for, for obvious reasons, Randy can be salty. Randy can be, you know, old, crusty and, you know, very terse sometimes, especially in post game, uh, interviews. And you kept trying to shoot, you know, all the long twos and driving us nuts. But the Wizards are really trying to play this pace and space style. They, they're going small. Like you mentioned, Chris Humphrey sh- developing a three point shot. 
it's been kind of hit or miss with Humphreys. I mean, he's been able to knock down the threes, but his game is he's kind of still adapting here. I mean, we're 10 games in, right? So it's really hard to be like, hey, like you're so, this isn't working so far. You know, you've seen pluses and minuses. Jared Dudley is a guy that they brought in to really be that stretch four. And, you know, he came off back surgery and he's had a few good games recently. Yeah, I, and he I, might be a better fit I think for them. Dudley's going to be the guy. Yeah. That's in terms of down the, down the stretch. I mean, is it get, I'm talking like game 60, game 70, as a fight for the playoffs positioning. And, and as he rounds himself in the playoff shape, he's always been kind of a lumpy body anyway, but he's a stretch guy. He can bang that corner three. And he's a good defender. He can, he can defend multiple positions. To me, he's that wild card. He's kind of what Trevor Ariza was for you guys and what Ariza has been with Houston. You know, he's a guy that you might not game plan for, but you're damn sure you better not leave him open. He'll make you pay. And he plays with good energy. He's a good locker room guy. Guys like playing with him. I've never met anyone play with Dudley that has a bad thing to say about him. He, if he has a, you know, he gets a fight, he gets a crowd fired up. To me, he's going to be, uh, the, the key guy. If he can stay healthy, you know, when you had the, it's kind of worries me at that back surgery. You know, you don't like to hear that in basketball players, you know, well, <laughs> back problems are a problem. But if he can stay right, I think that he's going to, he's going to be the guy that kind of gives you that X factor. 